You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. I want you to notice again here in Psalm 116 and 16 that the writer identified himself as a true servant of the Lord, a true servant of the Lord. The Greek word for servant or the Hebrew word for servant is ebed. Ebed primarily speaks of a person that is first submissive to the will of his or her master. A person that recognizes that he or she is obligated to his or her master. And I believe if you are truly Christian, you know without question you owe God. Oh, Lord, I, 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 I didn't get a whole lot of response in certain places. I'm going to say it one more time. If you are truly Christian, you recognize that you owe the Lord. Oh, God, I, I owe him. If it had not been for God saving me, whoo, I would probably be in worse shape, I would probably be dead. I'm wondering what is your testimony if, if the Lord hadn't saved you? Where do you think you would be right now? I wonder if God hadn't delivered you from the crack house, where would you be right now? I wondered if I wonder if God hadn't brought you out of your mess if somebody would have shot you. Woo! Good God, wonder if she would have stabbed you. She she talked about stabbing you all the time. But what would have happened if God hadn't saved you, brother? She may have went through with stabbing. You may have went in the kitchen and got the butcher knife, came back, and just went from your shoulder down to your hip. Split you wide open. Say to your neighbor, ain't no telling where you would be if God hadn't saved you. Tell that same neighbor, I am so glad God saved you. Because I know you used to be a... Mm -hmm. 
some of y'all afraid to look at the person. Look at that person one more time and say, I am so glad God saved you. Because if he hadn't saved you, ain't no telling where you finish it. You can't let nobody talk to you like that and not say nothing back. Look at that same person who just told you that they're glad God saved you and say, I'm glad he saved you too. Because if he hadn't saved you, you would probably be finishing. He saved us. He brought us out of sin. He delivered us. And some of us know if he hadn't saved us. That we would be jacked up right now. And so when you are a true servant, you recognize that you owe God. But Ebed specifically talks about a person as, as being a man, a woman of God that is about first business. Yeah, business. Important matters. See, see, when you are a person of business, you basically understand Stand what Jesus meant when he told his mother in Luke 2 and 48, I must be about my father's business. You don't have a whole lot of time for foolishness. You, you have to do what God has purpose for you to do in this season. You have to do what God has purpose for you to do Get this, despite how tired you are some days, despite how it feels as if nothing much is being accomplished, you still have to do what God has ordained for you to do. You can't despise small beginnings. You can't be upset just because you are not getting the results you desire when taking care of business, you just have to remain steadfast in doing what God has purpose for you to do. But an Ebed is not only a person of business, but achievement. When you are a true servant of God, you're not going to conclude the matter just because of hard times. You're not going to conclude the matter until you have done all that God has told you to do. You can't be like some folks. They'll start something and then quit. No, no. This is, this is bigger than, than you selling Amway products. This is God's business. You can't just start this and quit. You have to get in this and stick until the end because the race is not given to the swift nor to the strong but to those that endure to the end. Say to your neighbor you gotta stay with it when it comes to God's business. 
you got to stick with it until you achieve what God has ordained for you to do. You can't quit. Even if you have to go through a period of delay, you cannot stop what God has chosen for you to do. I said you cannot stop what God has chosen for you to do. You are a person that believes in fulfilling the will of God. Can I go further? Now, when it comes to a true servant from a biblical standpoint, it speaks of a person that keeps the faith of God's word. Because if you're truly a servant of God, you understand, according to Matthew 4 and 4, that you cannot live by natural food alone. You have to abide by the written and the revealed word of God. You have to live by the word of God, not only in the church, but outside the church. Not only when things are going well, but when when everything that can go wrong is taking place, you still have to live by the word of God. Anybody can give God his tithes and offerings when they have a pile of money, but when you are at your last, when you are in a low place, you still have to be obedient to God and give him what's due to him. Am I talking truth? Say to your neighbor, if you're going to be an Ebed, you're going to be a true servant. You have to keep the faith. Gotta abide by the word. Have to do what does saith God. Are you listening? Now taking it further, again you'll notice that the writer identified himself not just as a true servant, but as a true servant of the Lord. The Hebrew word, Jehovah, which is translated into the English Jehovah. Another name also for Yahweh, the self-existent God. The God that we know as the almighty God. The God that we brag on by saying that he is omnipotent, omniscient, and sovereign. The God we know has all power because it took force to bring us out of the predicament that we were in. Am I talking truth? But when it comes to Jehovah... You have to understand from an Old Testament standpoint that he is primarily known as the God of covenant. And when it comes to a covenant, a covenant equates a solemn agreement that is binding. And it's binding between Yahweh and his servants. See, God is not just going to make an agreement or a covenant with just anybody. God is particular when it comes to making covenant with people. That's the reason he limits making covenant with certain folk. He will only make covenant with people that he has formed a relationship with. And how many by a show of hands you can say without question you have a relationship with God. You have a relationship when it comes to money. You make sure you give him his money. 
You have a relationship when it comes to communicating. You make sure you talk to God on a daily basis. You have a relationship when it comes to submission. You recognize that he is your master and you are his slave and therefore you willfully submit to his will. By a show of hands again, how many acknowledge that you have a relationship with God? And so when you have that type relationship, he forms a covenant or a solemn agreement with you. And when it comes to the agreement, it has to be understood from a biblical standpoint. To give you some examples, like in Isaiah, the first chapter and the 19th verse, God made a covenant with his servants. He said to his servants, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Notice the covenant. The Lord does one part, but the servants the other part. If you servants are willing and obedient, I'll make sure you eat the good of the land. And understand something, if God looks at you as being willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. I don't care where you work, I don't care where you stay, I don't care how you were brought up. If you are willing and obedient to God, you're going to drive the best, you're going to wear the best, you're going to stay in the best. And some of y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. You better go to Isaiah 1 and 19 so you won't think I'm talking Walker 1 and 2. Go to Isaiah 1 and 19 real quick. Because when I turned that corner, some of y'all act like I was, I was talking a different language. Isaiah 1 and 19, notice, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of what? Let's read it one more time. Ready, read. If you... your name in now servant of God if if you believe that verse is talking about you look at somebody and say that verse is talking about me if I am willing and obedient I'm going to eat the what you need to break down what's good in the earth what is good in this land is a nice car good is a nice house good? Yeah. Is money in your pocket good? Yeah. Say to your neighbor, you will eat the good of the land. If you are willing and obedient. But I work at McDonald's. Good. God can still bless you with the good of the land. But I come from a poor family. Good. God will still bless you with the good of the land. It does not matter where you came from. Gideon had the nerve to tell the messenger of the Lord, My family is the poorest one in Manasseh. And then he talked about himself. He said, and I, I'm 
the least of the poets in my own family. And you talking about I'm mighty? Yeah, but it's bigger than you. The one that's going to make it great. The one that's going to make you mighty is the God that created everything. (laughs) Say to your neighbor, it don't matter where you work. It don't matter where you stay. You may not even have a car right now. But you start being willing and obedient. God will drop something on you that your eyes have not seen. That your ears have not heard. God will have folk looking at how he done blessed you with their mouth wide open. Somebody in here know what I'm talking about because that's how God has been blessing you. If I'm talking about you, I find three folks and tell them he's talking about me. Is he talking about Am I talking about you? Am I talking about Another example of God being a God of covenant is Luke 6 and 38 where he says to his servants give And it shall be given unto you. How? Good? Press? Shaken? And running? Say to your neighbor, can't nobody bless you like that but God. (laughs) Who do you know gonna make it his or her business to bless you? Good? Press? Shaken? And running. Say to your neighbor, can't nobody but nobody but nobody do that but Jesus. But he waiting on you to be consistent in your. Waiting for you to start being happy in your. Now, now do it make sense? For God to bless you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, and you mad about giving? Now I'm telling you, if you do right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you one of my cars. And you halfway doing right. You think I'm gonna give you my car? When you gonna give me the car? When you start? And it and it can't be just because you got a happy day. You know how folks have a happy day? They gonna do everything right and with a smile. If you know anything about God, you know he looks for consistency. Because consistency equates, get this, 
faithfulness. Faithfulness is something you can't manifest in the true sense, just doing it a few times. Faithfulness is something that is evident over a period of time. Something you do regular for a long period of time. And so God, if he looks at you as being a consistent and happy giver, yeah, he going to bless you. Good, press, shaken, and running. And it don't matter where you work. See, some folk mess up because they, 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 they think about what, where they work and think it can't happen. I don't know if you were listening closely to Minister Jackson's testimony. He said he done been at the same place, but God been constantly blessing him at that place. He done had other offers, but you know why he stayed there? Because that's where God wanted him. Say to your neighbor, the best place to be is where God wants you to be. Look at another neighbor and say, the worst place to be is where God does not want you to be. They're talking about giving me $37 an hour. Oh, that, that's the only thing going to motivate you to move from one place to another? See, when you understand God, you may leave a $37 hour. Oh, I bet y'all ain't ready for nothing like that. But I got to say it anyway. You may leave a job that's paying you $37 an hour and go to a job that's going to pay you 30 if you understand God. I said, if you understand God. Because as long as you're in the place God has ordained for you to be, you don't have to worry about income. Because God owns no, you didn't say it right. Look at somebody and just say to him, uh, God owns everything. Oh, good God. Look at one more person say, God owns everything. I'm going to go to Atlanta for $2 more. You going to Atlanta for $2 more an hour and you want me to pray that God bless you. Did he tell you to do it? No, but them $2 go. This is too heavy for some of us. I got to go on. As I prepare to close. You notice that the true servant of God 
who was in covenant with Jehovah was in bonds. Isn't it amazing? You can have a, a serious relationship with God, but that does not eliminate you going through trouble. That's the reason Psalm 34 and 19 says this right here. Many are the afflictions of who? The righteous. But God shall deliver them out of every single one. I'm saved. I don't get sick. Huh? I'm saved. I don't go through stuff. Yeah, you do. Say to your neighbor, as long as you are a human being, you're going to go through things. Physically, emotionally, and otherwise. Now, he identified himself in, in the first part of Psalm 116 and 16 as a true servant. But when he closes the verse, he talks about how he was in bonds. Let me break that down a little bit. He was in an unpleasant place. In a place where he did not want to be. Something figuratively had him tied up. Get this. That he couldn't get himself out of. Have you ever been in a position or have something ever put you in a place and you tried to get yourself out but you couldn't? I mess your money up to the point to where you can't get yourself out of your financial trouble. Then mess your body up to the point to where you don't even know how to start to get yourself out of the situation you're in. And you sure don't want to trust doctors 100% when you understand the day and time we're living in as well as what the Bible says. That, that woman with the issue of blood, that speaks volumes. Had went to a whole lot of doctors but didn't get. But what? That, that, that says right to me that look, I got to talk to God before I do. Yeah, I hear what you're telling me I need to do, Doc. But let me get back with you even though you want me to sign the contract today. You have to understand that you can get yourself in a predicament that you can't get yourself out of. Woo. Somebody there right now. How you know? I know. And so, you'll notice he was in bonds, but look who delivered him. And look at the words that he, he uses here in Psalm 116. He says, the Lord 
loosed him. Say to your neighbor, God has no respect of person. If he loosed the psalmist or his true servant that was in bonds, he will lose you. You ready? When God looses you, the first thing that says that I want you to get in your spirit is that he will make an opening or a way of escape for you. He will make an opening or a way of escape for who? Let me give you a scripture to back it up. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 10. Y'all stay with me. I'm at the corner. Get ready to turn with me. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. No temptation or trouble has overtaken you except such as is common to people or man. But look who faithful. Now he's talking to his servants of the church here. But God is faithful. He keeps covenant. Who will not allow, put your name down, to be tempted or in trouble beyond what you are able. But with the temptation or trouble will also make the way of what? Say to your neighbor, you got to be paying attention. Because God going to make a way of escape for you. And the reason he going to do it is so you may be able to what? See, God will not remove it. But he will make a way for you to escape it. In order to what? Parry. No, Walker, I, I ain't going to move that. Because I'm the one that permitted it. I want you to go through that. But, but, Lord, but, but Walker, I'm going to give you a way of escape. In order for you to handle what I done permitted. Say to your neighbor, he may not move what you've been praying for him to move. But he will make it better. Good God, that's some good preaching. Woo! Look at somebody and say to him, oh, God may not move. What you've been asking him to move. Because he permitted it. But he will make it better. Good God, you better give your God the praise. Say to your neighbor, he may not move it. But he will make it better. Let's go further. John the 8th chapter. When he looses, it says about God that he is going to make you free. Hold it on. Indeed. John 8 and 36. Look at it. John 8 and 36. Y'all going to beat me down. If you get there first, go ahead and read loud. Ready? Read. 
Notice, notice he's still God of covenant. He's going to free you. And when he free you, you're going to be free what? Indeed. Indeed means in truth. It's not going to be a question as to whether or not you are free. It's not going to be a question. And, and get this, according to John 8, 31 and 32, in part, the way God makes you free is by giving you the word and by you, when you receive the word, walking therein. Can I break that down? When God give you the word, you got to start thinking word, talking word, and doing word. That's good preaching. You, you agree? Look at somebody and say, I'm going to give you some good preaching. How God can make you free indeed. When he send you a rhema word, think on that word. Talk on that word. And do that word. Give somebody else that good old preaching. Come on, one more time. Tell a neighbor when God gives you a word. In order to make you free indeed. When it comes. Think on that word. Talk on that word. Finish it. And see, the psalmist knew that he had been loosed by God. And, and some of us, we have the same testimony that God has loosed us. Get this, time and time and time and time. And, oh, good God. Y'all ain't ready yet. Y'all ain't ready yet. Say to your neighbor, God has loosed me. Time and time and time and time. Keep on. Again. And see, the psalmist was happy about it. He was happy that the Lord had brought him out. And so he made up in his mind. That he was never going to enter into a state where he didn't give God thanks. And, and so, in Psalm 116 and 17, he said to God, after being delivered, I will, I promise to offer you the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Can I work with it? Some folks, God loose them and they'll praise God that day and maybe two or three days later. But the psalmist say, I'm going to be praising you as a sacrifice. I'm going to present my body. I'm going to present my tongue. I'm going to present my instruments as weapons of praise. See, because when you, you make up in your mind that you're going to sacrifice yourself in order to give God thanksgiving, every demon 
that has fought you in times past is going to try to stop it. Things are going to come to your mind. Things are going to attack your body. Things are going to try to shake your world to try to keep you from giving God the sacrifice of thanksgiving. See, because the enemy knows that if you get consistent at sacrificing or offering God something valuable because of his divine goodness that it won't be no limit to how God will cause blessings to come your way not just from four directions but from seven directions that's the reason even when the Hebrew writer thought about sacrifice he decreed that he would offer God the sacrifice of a praise knowing that if he offered up sacrificial praise every enemy from the pit of hell that he had fought before plus others was going to try to stop him from giving God the glory but look at your neighbor and say we got to be just like the psalmist if God done been good to us, if he has loosed the bonds, if he has brought us out of what we couldn't bring ourselves out of, he deserves the praise. Woo! Look at your neighbor and say, I don't know about you. I just believe God deserves the praise for all that he done brought me out of. That means if I have to come in dragging a foot, I'm still going to give God the praise. If I have to come in here on a cane, I'm still going to give God the praise. If I have to come in here and just got out of this, that, and the other, I'm still going to give God the praise. Will you ask a neighbor for me? Will you praise God anyhow? Look at another neighbor and ask him for her. Will you praise him anyway? Somebody going through some trouble right now. Will you offer up God a sacrifice of thanksgiving? Go ahead and tell him, Lord, I'm going through it right now. But I thank you for how you brought me out in times past. And I know you're going to bring me out this time too. So I'm going to go ahead and give you thanks in advance. with a neighbor and say go ahead and give your God thanks while you're going through your trouble go ahead and give him the praise while you're going through warfare go ahead and give him the praise though you don't have money for your marriage go ahead and give him the praise though you don't know how you're going to make it to work this week go ahead and give him the praise because your sacrifice is going to cause God to throw something your way. Do you know how it's going to be? Good, blessed, shaken, and rotted. And I'm done. Let's give God a big hand of
Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.